drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Uh, We're going to have a great show today, but here's the big question I think a lot of people are asking. Are we living in the worst time in the history of the church? Uh, Were there times that were equally bad or possibly worse? That's a question I think a lot of uh, Catholics have been asking most recently. Well, Steve Weidenkopf is joining us today. We tried to have him on, I don't know, three weeks ago or something like that, and it didn't work out. We have rebooked him. He's back. He's got a book out from Catholic Answers Press called Light from Darkness. Nine times the Catholic Church was in turmoil and came out stronger than before. That's coming up at 35 past the hour today. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Stick around for that. Uh, In the What's Concerning Us at 15 past, we are going to have uh, some conversations about some of the headline news. Uh, accountability, Accountability on Afghanistan? Hmm. Well, no, not really, but maybe we can mention that. There's a brand new study out of Israel on vaccinations and natural immunity. Uh, I think Israel is the most vaccinated country on the planet at this point. So very fascinating study. We'll dive into some of their results, possibly. Uh, the Pope has called for a renewed criticism of, uh, of sort of that the hardness of what he calls a defensive Catholicism. We might jump into that story as well. A lot to talk about in the What's Concerning Us section at 15 past. It's going to be a full show, but just so you know, just so you remember, today, all the way through Friday, we are preempting our second hour of Catholic Drive Time. For those of you, anyway, that are able to join us for the second hour, uh, the Guadalupe Radio Network, one of our partners, of course, in Catholic Drive Time, is uh, doing our fall share So we are asking our listeners to help support our radio apostolates. So the second hour of CDT is pushed back until 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern. But uh, for this hour, it's a regular show. We're looking forward to it for everybody who is able to join us. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Your first ever share is coming up yes. today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, it's, I'm so excited for you. This is going to be a unique experience in your life. Uh, I mm-hmm. think you'll find uh, it's going to be very challenging, but at the same time rewarding because of our listeners and their incredible generosity. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely exciting. Praise be to God. You survived the uh, torrential downpours and wind this morning, I guess? Yeah, there was uh, a couple. I, I take a lot of small streets. Um because I live like inside of the freeway, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of small branches around the roads, but uh, nothing too extreme. Praise but, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Speaking mm-hmm. of extreme, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, praise be to God. And now that we have definitively answered the ones and twos, we can put that to bed, right? Um, I don't think I was paying attention when you said it. <laughs> you we're really? Gonna to, uh, we're going to have to redo you? this what entire are you doing? thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, uh, I try to remember why I don't remember what you said, <laughs> but I completely missed it. Oh, wow. So uh, let me just say, um, uh, yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, I uh-huh. got it, I got it. But just in case, I need you to repeat everything, I wasn't listening. Okay, how did you fare with the uh, the, the the storm of the century? Oh, it was not too bad. I was uh, expecting it to be much worse, mm-hmm. so I was uh, looking out, the wind was howling, and I was like, ooh, that sounds horrible. But I got on the road, and it was actually not that bad, so... That's Howling good. wind is easy to sleep to, though. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it makes for good naps. <laughs> I could easily have slept uh, until uh, next week. So. At least, yeah. Well, praise be to God. We are going to have a great program. Uh, we have a lot to jump into today. As I said, Steve Weidenkopf is going to be on. Uh, Catholic histor- historian, Catholic lecturer, and I'm very excited to have that conversation. So we'll see how that goes at 35 past the hour. But let's do, uh, let's pray. And then, of course, we're going to have breaking news and stories. And then we will do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then if we have time, we'll do a reflection before we jump into our What's Concerning Us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis warned local officials that they could face millions of dollars in fines for breaking the state's ban on vaccine mandates. In a news conference on Monday, Florida governor threatened massive fines for local cities attempting to mandate the COVID-19 vaccines in Florida and vowed to take action against Joe Biden's recent vaccination requirements. From LifeSite News, a parent-teacher-led petition against mandatory masks in schools in Canada has exceeded 15,000 signatures and has the support of more than 600 teachers. A customer relationship management company called Salesforce out of California has told thousands of of its employees on September 10th that it would help them move out of Texas if they are concerned about the recently enacted pro-life Texas Heartbeat Act. From Blaze News, Dr. Anthony Fauci says he would support a COVID-19 vaccine mandate for airline travel. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director Anthony Fauci says that he would support mandating COVID-19 vaccinations as a requirement for airline travelers. He stated, quote, I would support that if you want to get get on a plane and travel with other people, that you should be vaccinated, end quote. Also from Blaze News, Facebook has a secret internal system that exempts high-profile celebrities, athletes, politicians, and journalists from its content moderation standards, according to a report from a Wall Street Journal. Also from Blaze News, a high school in Seattle, Washington state canceled a 9-11 tribute after a school staff reportedly feared the tribute would seem as a racial insensitive event. From Epic Times, the UN humanitarian chief on September 13th announced that more than $1.2 billion dollars and humanitarian and development aid has been donated to assist Afghans facing a growing humanitarian crisis in the country since the Taliban takeover of Kabul and many other regions. 
From Blaze News, a Texas state judge on Monday issued an injunction temporarily blocking a pro-life group and its affiliates from filing lawsuits against Planned Parenthood in the state, despite Texas' new heartbeat act. Also from Blaze News, a Texas Hurricane Nicholas made landfall in Texas early on Tuesday, with the anticipated heavy rain, storm surge, and high winds potentially causing widespread and life-threatening flooding in the Gulf Coast of Texas and Louisiana throughout the middle of the week. And lastly, renewed outbreaks of COVID-19 in Asia are compounding the global supply chain problems that began on the onset of the pandemic and shut down measures last year. The latest wave of infections in Malaysia and other Southeast Asian countries has led to closures of plants and ports, causing severe disruptions Eruptions in the supply of semiconductors and raw materials, deepening the global supply chain. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday. The saint of the day is Saint Albert of Jerusalem. He was born in 1149 at Parma, Italy as Albert Avogardo. He was born to a wealthy and prominent noble Italian family. He was well-educated, especially in theology and law. He was ordained and he served as a canon to Holy Cross Abbey in in Mortara, Italy. He became the Abbey Prior and Bishop of Bobbio, Italy in 1184. He was the Bishop of Vercelli, Italy, and and mediated disputes between the Pope, uh, which was Clement III, and Frederick Barbosa, and for his efforts who named the Prince of the Empire. He was a papal legate to the northern Italy and negotiated peace between Parma and Piacenza in 1199. He helped formulate the rule of St. Borcard and his hermits. This rule later was adopted as a rule for the Carmelites, and thus Albert is considered a co-founder of the order. Wow, I didn't know that. Patriarch of Jerusalem in 1205 under Pope Innocent III, a position that generally led to conflict with the Muslims and martyrdom. Since his lands were wholly in the hands of the Saracens, he established his see at the city of Akka. He held the office nearly 10 years. He was well known for his involvement in both state and church matters, and as a peacemaker to the Frankish factions in, the, in his see. He was summoned to serve in the general council of the Lateran, and, but was murdered before he could attend. He was stabbed to death in the church of St. John of Arca on the 14th of September, 1215, while part of the procession of the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. He was killed by a disgruntled hospital administrator he had been forced to fire. St. Albert of Jerusalem, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Jesus said to Nicodemus, No one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. The Gospel of the Lord. Consolato.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a mere man we're talking about here. We're talking about the God-man. The God-man. You know, it's interesting because today at 35 past the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about church history, times in church history where the church was was in a rough shape. Um, the hierarchy was not doing well. And we're going to talk about that and contrast that with our own times. However, uh, there are times in the church's history, like the Arian heresy, for instance, as well as others, where there was a lot of Catholics, supposedly, who really denied what the church taught about who Christ was, fully God, fully man. And that dual nature was just too much to wrap their heads around. Well, this particular uh, passage, the early church fathers, Hadock's commentary, and others uh, really point out how this points to God's uh, Jesus being fully God and fully man. Uh, Hadock would say, these words, diverse times repeated by our Savior, Savior, in their literal and obvious sense, show that Christ was in heaven and had had being before he was born of the Virgin Mary. Hadock goes on to say, he was not, therefore, his son only by the incarnation, but was his son from the beginning, as he was also his word from all eternity. This was the constant doctrine of the church and of the fathers against the heresy of the Arians, that God was always father and the son was always the eternal son of the eternal father. You know, I also love what the early church fathers said on Calvary being victory and not defeat. Uh, Hadock would point out the comparison of the serpent lifted up in the desert in Numbers 21, 4 through 9, upon which uh, whoever looked was immediately cured from the bite of the fiery serpents is a figure of the crucifixion of Christ on Calvary. Augustine, St. Augustine would say, the lifting up of the serpent is the death of Christ the cause, by a certain mode of construction, being put for the effect, the serpent was the cause of death inasmuch as he persuaded man into that sin by which he merited death. Our Lord, however, did not transfer sin through the poison of the serpent to his flesh, but death in order that in the likeness of sinful flesh, there might be punishment without sin, by virtue of which sinful flesh might be delivered both from punishment and from sin. Boy, it's too bad I don't have, to, I don't have time to tell you what St. Hilary uh, said in the 4th century. It's pretty powerful, but I did post it to my Twitter. You can always find it there. But that is going to do it for the Gospel Reflection. Thanks to Verboom.com with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M.com forward slash GRN. What's coming up next is What's Concerning Us. Don't go anywhere. Kevin Drive Time is headed right your way. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Embrace Christ. Embrace His Word. And if you stand for life, oh my goodness, you'll put a smile on God's face and He'll bless you. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. At 35 past the hour, we're going to have Steve Weidenkopf on as our guest. Uh, He has a book out by Catholic Answers called Light from Darkness. Nine times the Catholic Church was in turmoil and came out stronger. Uh, I'm sure it's a question many people are asking is, are we living in the worst time in church history? Were there times as bad, worse? Uh, Steve Weidenkopf is going to be on to conversate about that. So look forward to that at 35 past the hour. Several stories in the news I'd love to comment on. Of course, we saw um, yesterday there was video out of, of Blinken, Secretary Blinken of the Secretary of State, answering questions on Capitol Hill about the Afghan withdrawal. And it went very predictably, right? The Democrats... Um, Defended and the Republicans attacked and answers in the middle were never given. A lot of deflection. One congressman said in an interview, they would ask a question and because Blinken wasn't present in the in the chamber, he was on by video, they, they would black the video out, giving him an opportunity to consult with an attorney and then he'd come back on and respond. So basically where are we at? We're, we're nowhere. We still have zero accountability. And I keep going back to the same thing that I've been saying now uh, from the beginning of the Afghan story is enlisted folks in the military are held accountable for everything they do. And if they were to do something as as simple as uh, take a nap while on watch, they would feel the full force of the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Whereas high-level officials such as this, the generals, the secretary of state, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, there's never going to be an accountability. At least that's from my perspective. So not much has changed there. So that's one interesting story. Um, uh, I, I like the fact that, uh, Janice, you pointed out that story about um, the Texas judge blocking the pro-life groups. That's a fascinating story. So the question is, will this turn the tide and will abortions begin again in the state of Texas? I don't know. I certainly hope this that does not happen. We've seen a dramatic decrease in abortions in the state of Texas as a result of the new law, and it would be great to to see that continue for as long as it can because lives will be saved. But there was also a story out about the Texas Right to Life uh, offices in Houston being threatened with a bomb. They had to evacuate the premises, and the bomb squad was called to x-ray a package. Now, praise be to God, it turned out all clear, but... Golly gee whiz, uh, life threats are, are coming downrange as a result to all of this. But I do want to mention there's a story here uh, that I found very fascinating. Because of the national and literally international conversation around vaccines, uh, consult your doctor, right? I mean, but because that conversation is going on, you know, their people are losing their jobs if they don't get vaccinated. Well, there's a study that's been uh, now published out of Israel, Epic Times' reports, but I actually have a copy of the study itself in front of me as well. And But this is the Epic Times headline. Previous COVID-19 infections uh, protects 
against Delta variant better than the Pfizer vaccine, according to this study out of Israel. So here's the deal. I'll summarize for you. They did a study where they took three groups. They had one group that was unvaccinated. They had one group that was vaccinated, Pfizer vaccine. And then they had a group that had, um, and these first two groups got sick, right? So they looked at these two groups and they, uh, they studied their, their uh, reactions to the Delta variant over the course of June through August. And the third group was uh, people who, uh, who had previously been sick and then got vaccinated. How did they fare? So these are the three groups. And ultimately, their conclusions were fascinating. Here are a couple of quotes from this article. The study uh, observed the protection of the Pfizer vaccine and didn't look at other vaccines or effects of a third dose, a booster of the Pfizer vaccine. So that's important to know. They only looked at the Pfizer and they didn't look at boosters. But researchers found, this is a quote, researchers found that people fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine were 13 times more likely to contract the Delta variant uh, and 27 times more at risk of symptomatic disease compared to those who had recovered from the previous infection of COVID-19. Did you catch that? Because that is significant. I'll, I'll say it again. Researchers found that people fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine were 13 times more likely to contract Delta variant and 27 times more at risk of a symptomatic disease compared to those who had recovered from the previous infection that weren't vaccinated. Very fascinating results. This is a published study out of Israel. If I'm not mistaken, the most vaccinated uh, country in, in the world at this point. The, uh, here's another quote. When researchers compared cases of prior infection that occurred between March 2020 and February 2021 with vaccinations between January and February 21, they found that the vaccinated cohort was 5.96 times more likely to contract the Delta variant and 7.13 times more at risk of for symptomatic disease compared to those previously infected. Here's another quote. The results suggest that natural immunity gained from having survived a previous infection of COVID-19 may wane over time against the Delta variant. So that's an important statement to reiterate. So what they're saying is natural immunity, people who are not vaccinated are overall, they're less likely to uh, regain the infection. However, this uh, article and the study itself is saying that even though their immunity is stronger than the vaccines, according to this study, that it would it's likely it will wane over time. Here's another quote. The vaccinated were at a greater risk of COVID-19 related hospitalizations compared to those who were previously infected. The authors noted, they said that being 60 years of age or older increased the risk of infection and hospitalization. But we knew that we knew that based on the data CDC's charts that, that chart this, it made it very clear who was truly at risk here. Uh, here's a, another quote here. It says, in, an, in another analysis, the authors compared previously infected people with those who were previously infected and also had one dose of the vaccine. They found that the group with one vaccine dose was marginally or 0.53 times, so less than a percent, less likely to be reinfected with the Delta variant. So what that means is, People who had gotten sick and had antibodies and then got a vaccine were basically faring just ever so slightly better, uh, possibly, than those 
who didn't have the vaccine and only had natural uh, antibodies. So very fascinating study. Uh, my mic has gone crazy here. Very fascinating study coming out of Israel. And I'll read one last quote from the article, from the study itself, and we'll post links to the study so you can see it for yourself. You can read the entire study by yourself. And it should be noted that the study is not peer-reviewed yet, but this is coming from page 14 of the study itself. Quote, examining previously infected individuals to those who were both previously infected and received a single dose of the vaccine, we found that the latter group had a significant decreased risk for reinfection. That means people with natural antibodies are faring much better. Let that sink in. Now, this has to be peer-reviewed, so there'll be plenty of commentary coming out in the future about it for sure. But I find this very fascinating coming from a country that is, uh, as I said, reported to be the most uh, vaccinated uh, country on the planet at this point. So all this talk, all of this crazy uh, that we've been having and we're seeing in our news and our communities our society, no matter how you fall on the argument, here's a study uh, based on uh, evidence and data, not on politics and conjecture, and its, in, its findings are interesting. Uh, even though there's a poll out, according to Forbes, uh, that uh, President Joe Biden's vaccine measures are broadly popular, despite the outcry. Um, you know, I find that also very, very fascinating. But let's change subjects here and go to a Catholic News Agency article. Pope Francis says, we need creativity of the gospel, not a defense, uh, defensive Catholicism. This was uh, comments he made in Slovakia on his recent trip, which I found very fascinating um, for a number of reasons. There was a great tweet that came out. <laughs> I, t- I tagged you, or I sent it to you, Adrian. I thought it was hilarious. When he met the Hungarian president, or the prime minister, rather, and he handed him a copy of a letter from a former Hungarian king written to the former pope, asking the Pope for, the help, for help against the invading Muslims. <laughs> you know, and the Pope is asking this Hungarian prime minister, our Pope Francis is asking this Hungarian prime minister to open his borders and let the migrants in. You know, so the contrast could not be more stark. Pope Francis, according to the article here, says, Pope Francis told Slovakian Catholics on Monday that the church should, not, should respond to seculariz- secularization. I'll, I'll learn how to read someday should respond to secularization with the, quote, creativity of the gospel, unquote, not a, quote, defensive Catholicism, unquote. Speaking to clergy and lay people in St. Martin's Cathedral in the capital on September the 13th, the Pope encouraged Catholics to draw inspiration from Saints Cyril and Methodius, who translated the Bible into the Slavonic language. Quote, isn't this what Slovakia also needs today? I wonder. Isn't this perhaps the most urgent task facing the church before the peoples of Europe? Finding new alphabets to proclaim the faith, unquote, he asked. Quote, we are heirs to a rich Christian tradition. Yet for many people today, that tradition is a relic from the past. It no longer speaks to them or affects the way they live their lives, unquote. Quote, Faced with the loss of the sense of God and the joy of faith, it is useless to complain, to hide behind a defense of Catholicism, to judge and blame the bad world. No, we need the creativity of the gospel, unquote. Well, here's the issue I think I, I take with this. It get, it's, it's, it's one comment in a long line of, of uh, comments that seem to criticize 
people who embrace the full Catholic teaching for all of its glory and might. The idea isn't to say uh, we 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 hate this bad old world and we we don't we don't we want to be separated from those rotten sinners because we're holy and gracious and, and glorious. That's 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 not the sentiment people have. What sentiment people have is not that there shouldn't be creativity in evangelization. I mean, I think of St. Paul in Athens, and as he was making his way up to the Areopagus in his personal invite to come and to share his thoughts on, on religion and philosophy, he took notice of all the altars, even an altar to the unknown God. And it was this that he quoted to these people, knowing that they would appreciate that. So he, he changed his strategy uh, to appeal to this audience which is a great model for what I think the Pope may be referring to. However, what St. Paul never changes is the truth. St. Paul never changes the fact that we can't live in sin, that we can't give excuses or passes for sin simply because the culture embraces that, that sin. He would not give a pass to the, the homosexual behaviors that were rampant in, in Hellenistic society at the time or, or uh, the higher classes of the Roman society at the time, he would not give a pass to those things because that is unnatural and uh, sinful. And sin is bad for us. People who die in sin go to hell. And so it was important for St. Paul to preach even to these people in a creative way for the point of meeting them where they're at, but with the mission of getting them where they've got to go. And I think when we read comments like this about that seem very critical, uh, of those that would want more of the Catholic faith and not less, I think that point can be lost. There is a real love. Amen? We'll be right back. More breaking news and stories with Steve Weidenkopf coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Some Protestants use 1 Timothy 4, 1-3 against the Catholic practice of consecrated celibacy and Lenten observances because Paul calls the forbidding of marriage and the consumption of meat doctrines of demons. Do Catholics need to be exercised? No. And here are some reasons why. First, Paul can't be condemning consecrated celibacy because in the next chapter he gives Timothy instructions on proper implementation of consecrated celibacy with regard to enrolled widows. Also, Paul can't be condemning all forms of abstinence from meats since he was part of the decision at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15 that decreed Gentile Christians abstain from meats offered to idols. What Paul was condemning is the Gnostic belief that nobody should marry and that one should always abstain from meats because matter is evil. So, fear not, Catholics, you have no need for an exorcism. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From Epic Times, a professor at Pennsylvania State University is facing multiple misdemeanor charges after he attacked a student who protested against the advocacy of COVID-19 vaccination mandates. 
Also from Epic Times, the United States plans to ship 2.5 million doses of Johnson Johnson's COVID-19 vaccines to Colombia and other Latin American countries. From Epic Times, the Center for Disease and Control and Prevention CDC Director Rochella Walowski says the federal health agency is working quickly on a COVID-19 vaccine for younger children between the ages of 5 and 11. Also from Epic Times, smartphones and wireless frequencies that run them have revolutionized the world in which we live, but are they safe? As we have been told, a federal court ruled that regulators must reconsider the nation's wireless safety standards due to extensive evidence of harm. The wireless industry and its regulators have long maintained that wireless technology is without risk, but a recent ruling is forcing the FCC to address emerging and substantial evidence of harmful effects. Also from Epic Times, a Canadian Canadians are taking to the streets and participating in rallies and marches ac across the country to protest against mandatory vaccinations and including recent requirements for vaccine passports for provincial governments in C Canada. The women in Afghanistan can continue to study in universities including in postgraduate levels, but classrooms will be gender segregated and Islamic dress is mandatory. The higher education minister for the ruling Taliban terrorist group said on Sunday from Epic Times, a federal judge temporarily blocked Florida's new anti-riot law championed by Republican Governor Governor Ron DeSantis, saying that it violates the First Amendment rights. From Catholic News Agency, Pope Francis told Slovakia's Catholics on Monday that the church should respond to secularization with creativity of the gospel and not a defensive Catholicism. From Blaze News, while President Joe Biden is using, using a legally questionable statute to enforce what is essentially a vaccine mandate on the American workforce, members of Congress, their staff, and anyone who works in Congress will reportedly be exempted from the mandate. From Blaze News, a former CIA director warned of Afghanistan's withdrawal could pave way to Al-Qaeda's attack on UA U.S. soil. Leon Panatas, who served as CIA Director and Defense Secretary in the Obama administration, warned that warned Sunday that Al-Qaeda could launch future attacks on American soil because of the Taliban against control of Afghanistan. And one of the nation's biggest supermarket chains warned last week that prices of grocery stores are going to continue to rise for the near future because of high inflation. And lastly, Pope Francis told audiences on Monday to follow the road of Beatitudes to build a just, peaceful and fraternal society. Your constitutions express the desire that the country will be rebuilt and a legacy of saints such as St. Cyril and Methodists 
the patrons of Europe, our guides to follow, Francis said on September 13. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is Steve Weidenkoff. He is a lecturer in the church, uh, church history, and he is also a professor at Christendom College in the Graduate School of Theology in Alexandria, Virginia. And he joins us now. We're going to talk about his book, Light from Darkness, Nine Times the Catholic Church Was in Turmoil and Came Out Stronger Than Before, published by Catholic Answers Press. Good morning to you, Steve Weidenkoff. I cannot hear you. Maybe uh, Adrian can check the the Zoom chat there to make sure it's on. But here, let me just summarize. There's a, there is a uh, a lot of people questioning these days. Uh, I myself am included in this group. Uh, are we living in the worst times in church history? There certainly have been many bad times in church history. I think uh, I always think of Alexander the Sixth. Uh, when I think of bad times in church history, but also how about uh, the Arian heresies of the early church? That seemed pretty bad. Those days were seemed pretty rough. Uh, there were uh, probably, uh, as he points out, nine times, but probably many times where the people living in those days felt it was pretty bad. The question is, how do those days compare to ours? But uh, we've invited Steve Weidenkopf on to discuss it. Can you hear me now, Steve? I'm not sure I'm hearing Steve. For whatever reason, we're not hearing Steve, so we're trying to resolve that. It po- might be possible, Steve, for you to call in on Beyond by phone. That could be an easy solution, and uh, Adrian will give you that phone number to make sure you have that. But let me just read this description to you. It says, uh, ask Catholics about crisis in the church today, and you'll often get one of two responses. The end is upon us, or everything is fine. The Holy Spirit is in charge. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I think that's very true. I, we usually fall into one or two camps, and it's usually that. Uh, it goes on to say, neither of those attitudes makes sense from the perspective of history, says Steve Weidenkopf. Uh, in his new book, Light from Darkness, Weidenkopf shows how the church's past ages were no less tumultuous than our own. Yet, whether it was decadent heretics selling out the faith for pleasure and power and hostile princes, heresies, or ideologies, sometimes all three at once, menacing, Chris, <laughs> menacing Christendom, the Catholic Church not only persisted during the times, uh, but came through stronger than before. Steve, I think I hear you now. Are you there? Steve, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, praise be to God. All right, we got you on. <laughs> By the grace of God, we it's good to have you on. Since uh, we've eaten up a lot of time just trying to get you on board, let's let's jump right into it. Steve, let me ask you a question. What do you what is in your opinion the worst time in the history of the church? Oh, that's a that's a fantastic question, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, as I point out in the book, there's been there's never really been a time when there hasn't been a crisis in the church, right? When there's been some kind of issue that has impacted the church either externally or internally. But I would have to say, I think that the probably the one of the worst times in church history, most especially, especially was the 14th century crisis that we had in the papacy. That entire century really was just a very difficult time. It's when you had the popes living in the south of France for 70 years, and then even when they come back, finally, through the urgings of St. Catherine of Siena uh, in the beginning of the, towards the end of the 14th century, then you have the, what's called the Great Western Schism, where you have, you know, at one point, eventually in the early 15th century, you'll have three men claiming to be Pope. And it was just a really dark time, a scandalous time, a corruptible time, a time of corruption, a time of just great uh, dismay on the part of, of Catholics uh, throughout Christendom at the time. So that, I think, probably is the worst time, if, you, if we had to nail one down. What, do you, what were the 
what were the contributing factors to it? Like, how did the water begin to bubble in order to create that time? Yeah, you know, for, uh, for, for well, it begins really towards, you know, the end of the, uh, the 12th century as you walk into the, or I'm sorry, the 13th century, you walk into the 14th century, you have just a, a series of secular rulers that are really focused on trying to exercise their own, um, you know, a power and authority over the church, not only just their own realm, but secularly speaking, but even just spiritually, they want to control the church and their own kingdoms. And you have the, you know, the pontificate of Boniface VIII towards the end there of the uh, of the 12th, 13th century, and and Boniface really irritates a lot of these secular rulers, and especially the the king of France, um, Philip IV, and that really provides this kind of powder keg, if you will, which then leads to the Avignon Papacy, uh, that that really cantankerous relationship that uh, that Boniface had with these secular rulers. And so it's really a great illustration of the fact that, you know, uh, popes want to in- ensure that the church has uh, independency from secular interference, um, but there's a fine line to kind of walk on that, that we've seen historically speaking, because sometimes secular rulers might flex their powerful muscles and and even go further into controlling the church. Steve Weidenkopf is our guest. His book is Light from Darkness, Nine Times the Catholic Church Was in Turmoil and Came Out Stronger Than Before. Again, it's published by Catholic Answers Press. You should check it out. Uh, Steve, uh, part of me thinks back to even the the 4th century and the Arian heresies and how many bishops, you you know, we call palace bishops, right? They seem to really embrace the power and the wealth of the of the ruling class there. How much of a corruption was that in the church, and did that did that seed uh, last through the centuries? Do we do we see the remnants of that still today? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Aryan crisis is not something I necessarily cover in the, in the book, you know, because uh, it, there's one of many different crises within the church that uh, that have. Um, that are definitely, you know, have happened in the past. But with, with, you know, Arianism, it was a bit of a different heresy because it was a top-down heresy, right? It was, it was not something that was organic or came from, um, you know, laity or, or, you know, others. Instead, it was really a clerical heresy. It began with Arius. Um, you know, his bishop very clearly condemned his erroneous teachings, but it was then picked up. Um, by many different bishops and many different clerics and, and taught, uh, and the church had to deal with it. It did at the Council of Nicaea, obviously. And hold then, uh, hold that thought. I'm sorry, Steve, to interrupt you, but that music means we've got to go to a short break. But we'll be back, and we'll continue our conversation with Steve Weidenkopf on his book, Light from Darkness, Nine Times the Catholic Church Was in Turmoil and Came Out Stronger Than Before. And on the other side of the break, we'll compare how is our own age rate to the times of the past. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, 
Opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Steve Weidenkopf is our guest. His book, Light from Darkness, Nine Times the Catholic Church Was in Turmoil. It came out stronger than before, published by Catholic Answers Press. Good, uh, good morning to you again, Steve. Thank you again for being on with us. Uh, we, were, we were at the last uh, segment before we went to break. We were talking about the Arian heresy of the 4th century, which you didn't include in, in the book. Um, now, I always think back to the uh, Alexander VI uh, time period of the church, which is a pretty horrific time uh, for the church because the pope was having these uh, children while, <laughs> while he was pope and didn't, it didn't seem ashamed of that at all. Just like it, it, he was pretty happy to, uh, to live in this insanity. And how did it affect society, though? How did the average lay folk? I remember Warren Carroll addressing this time with Isabel uh, from Spain, and she was not happy with him. And, um, and that was an, a fascinating component of his historical work. But how did the lay folk see these times? They, living in those days, were they truly scandalized by this? Did they know what was going on? Or were they living their simple lives at their parishes and their villages or whatnot? Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, the Renaissance papacy that Alexander VI was part of is, uh, you know, it was obviously a very scandalous time in, in church history. And, um, you know, the, I mean, the average Catholic would have heard and, and known that there were things that were not well in the church, uh, especially those living in Italy, especially, um, you know, in Rome itself. Uh, you know, and even as far away as you mentioned with Isabel in Spain, right, this was this was knowledge that was, that was fairly common, uh, might not have impacted everyone's daily life, uh, but for the most part, it was, it was well known. And, and it caused great scandal. It's something I, I talk about in the book. It's one chapter. It's a Renaissance papacy and how really the Renaissance papacy, in a certain sense, along with what we discussed uh, on the other side of the break, with the crisis in the 14th century papacy, how that really leads up to uh, what I call the Great Revolt or the Protestant Revolution, more commonly known as the Protestant Reformation. Uh, and so that's really, you see kind of the, the fruit, if you will, the, the bad fruit uh, of all those different crises and corruption in the church. Uh, and it's, it was a significant issue and, pro- and problem. But as I point out in my book, with each of these chapters and each, each of the crises that I look at, that's not the end of the story, right? The rest of the story is that God brings goodness or light from the darkness. Uh, and so there's always what follows these periods of crises and of trouble and of turmoil are, are great periods of reform and restoral and and renewal and restoration, really. Uh, That was an interesting point that I heard you talking to Michael Lofton about on his podcast, Reason and Theology, is is this the common thread? In every sense of of crisis within the church, in every period of crisis within the church, was it the laity uh, that that helped to 
recover from those times? And if so, was it because they they ignored these scandals and focused on personal piety and holiness, living virtuous lives? Or what, what do you think was the, the remedy to these difficult t- t- periods in history? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question, Joe. And it's, um, you mentioned Michael Lofton. He and I talked about that in particular on his podcast. And it, it's a combination of both, really. When you look at each of the different periods that I, I look at in the book, uh, you know, where does that reform come from? And in essence, is the question, is it from, is it a top down? Is it bottom up? Is it from the clergy, from the laity? And in, in most cases, frankly, it was kind of a combination of both. Although there were definite periods of time where you see uh, a focus of renewal and restoration really emanating from the laity. Uh, and that's, that's actually, I think, a hopeful thing for us as Catholics in, living in the church in the modern era. And that's what I point out in the book is that, you know, it's really um, all throughout history. It's not just more a recent phenomenon, but all throughout history, you have Catholic laity who, you know, love Christ, love the church, who are aware of these scandals, this corruption, and who want the church to be restored and, and returned into a pristine state. And, and the point of the reform, as you, as you bring out, Joe, is that it really begins, whether it's from the clergy or from the laity, it really begins in every, almost every instance individually. It begins with the individual Catholic, the individual disciple of Christ, deciding to live a life of holiness and virtue and responding to what the Second Vatican Council calls the universal call to holiness. Uh, and then from there, from that individual uh, you know, focus on virtue and holiness, that's where the larger reform or restoration or renewal of the Church takes place. You know, I was thinking about this, and uh, one thing that commonly comes up in conversation, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a youth minister. He was at a conference, and one of the uh, one of the youth went up to him and said uh, something along the lines of, you know, what do you think about Pope Francis? And uh, he was like, oh, you know, I, we, he's the Holy Father. He's wonderful. And he goes, what about all the uh, controversial things that are surrounding Pope Francis? And he starts uh, explaining them all away, uh, sort of pope explaining. And uh, the kid like, kind of just like looks at him like he's crazy and then walks off. And I was talking to him. I was like, we've kind of got to the point where we are gaslighting our young people. We're gaslighting people who are uh, asking questions and uh, makes them uh, run away. And I was having this conversation with the roommates of mine. We have some friends who are set of a contest and they make these points and like we like just treat them like they're crazy like oh you're just a crazy person we're not even going to argue with you um but i feel like a lot of the points they're making are valid but the conclusions are false uh could you speak about uh not trying to whitewash the, the history today or the current the present day Oh, sure. Yeah, Adrian, I didn't know post-planning was a word, but that's... that's, that's, that's <laughs> well, you're welcome, Steve. You can use it in your next book, Thank but you, you must cite I'll Adrian. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cite Adrian, that's for sure. <laughs> no, you know, uh, Adrian, that's, I mean, that's a fantastic point, and I mean, I like how you put that, right, is that we don't, uh, we shouldn't, as Catholics, be obviously afraid of our history, even the worst parts of our history. We need to know them and be able to explain them and understand them in the context in which they occurred. And that's the same thing that we need to do in, in the modern age, right? I mean, there are people that are hurting in our society in many different ways, right? Not only within the church, but even in our larger society. And so it's never a good thing. It's never a charitable or Christian thing to just blow people off or treat them like they're stupid or that they're some kind of freak or, or whatever. You know, instead, we need to, in charity, listen and understand where they're coming from and where the hurt is from. But then also, you know, stand for the truth and be able to explain things competently and, and uh, you know, appropriately. Uh, and, and when someone is, is embracing a false understanding of history and false understanding of historical perspective, um, you know, we need to address that. And that's one of the one of the hopes I have for my book is that people, Catholics particularly, grow 
in a greater historical perspective, right? Joe, you mentioned at the top of the show how we're living in, you know, people think we're living in the most horrible time ever in church history. And, and that's, and that's a common refrain or common comment I get when I go and I give talks and parishes and, and teach and whatnot. Um, but, in, and it kind of blows me away because if someone speaks in church history, I think, well, well, no, this is not the worst time in church history. It's been a lot worse than, than what it is now. Um, and so I think that one of the reasons why people have that, that notion is, one, we're kind of rooted in the present in our modern age. We're really fixated on it. But also we've lost the sense of historical perspective. And once we gain it, uh, and once we have a greater understanding of it, it, it gives us a greater sense of hope and, and it lessens our anxiety. We mm. live in an anxious age. And Christ is the answer. He always is the answer to anxiety. Um, and Christ, um, you know, with us knowing and having a greater historical perspective rooted in Christ as the Lord of history, we can really have a de- uh, we can decrease our anxiety in the modern age, I think. I wonder if social media existed during the time of Alexander VI, if, if it wouldn't have been considered even worse than what it really was. Um, I'm surprised at how many people had a sense of what was going on in those days because of how, how bad it was. Uh, but I would say this. In, in our time, we're dealing with sexual scandals that are coming out of the Curia at the Vatican itself, or financial scandals coming out of the Curia at the Vatican itself. Uh, you've got uh, churches closing, religious orders decimated, you got baptisms uh, down, wet, sacramental marriages down. Every number is, is taking a major hit. We live, it, it honestly does, Steve, feel very dark, and there's a lot of theological issues and troubling statements that are coming out of the Curia these days that really bother the laity. Um, and and maybe they don't have that historical context or perspective because they're not uh, they don't really we don't study history anymore unfortunately my favorite subject but whatever uh, so how do we how, how like Adrian was saying a minute ago we don't want to like we don't want to pretend like everything is fine we want to call a spade a spade but how does the average lay folk um, have the proper perspective not give a pass to error and and uh, at the same time not lose hope. Yeah, well, I think, Joe, that's, a, that's something I addressed really in the last chapter of the book, where I, I, I answer that, or I try to look at that question, right? How are we supposed to respond? And, and then I, I answer it even from the negative. How, do we, how are we not supposed to respond? And wh- how I answer it is by illustrating a historical case study between two different people who lived during times of great crisis in their own day and age, uh, two Dominicans, the, the 15th century uh, Florentine monk, Dominican monk Savonarola, on one hand, and then I look at St. Catherine of Siena on the other. And Savonarola gives us a great example of how not to respond. Savonarola, his heart was in the right place for the most part. He was a virtuous man, at least in the beginning. He wanted to you know, bring people greater into a relationship with Christ and the church. But he really just got wrapped up in getting so consumed by the corruption and scandal and political issues of his day that he went off the rails, you know, entered into heresy, into schism. And ultimately, sadly, was burned at the stake by the Florentine government for, for his mostly political issues and political troubles and, and also his spiritual issues as well. So, you know, that's, that's what got Savonarola into, into trouble is this, he got consumed by politics. He got consumed by human affairs and he lost sight of Christ and he lost sight of, of you know, just, um, you know, putting his head down and focusing on his own personal piety, really. Mm. Whereas you look at St. Catherine of Siena, St. Catherine of Siena, no way, shape, or form did she let anybody that who was causing problems in the church, including the Pope, get away with it, if <laughs> you will. I mean, she called, as you mentioned, as you pointed out, right, she called it a spade a spade. She's writing letters to the Pope who's living in the south of France and Avignon, as we mentioned earlier, to bring him home. 
Um, but she always rooted her commentary, her criticisms, mm. uh, and even her focus on Jesus himself. And she mm. never wavered from that, from a sacramental life, from a life of grace and prayer. Um, uh, and, and she was able to maintain that perspective throughout time of great crisis in the church in her own day. All right. Praise be to God. Steve Weidenkopf has uh, been on with us. His book is Light from Darkness, The Nine Times Catholic Church Was in Turmoil and Came Out Stronger Than Before, published by Catholic Answers Press. Steve, thank you for your time today. God love you. God bless you. and Have a great day. Thanks, Joe. God bless you as well. Thank you guys for having me on the show. All right. Praise be to God. Um, We'll put a link to that on our social feed so that you can check out the book, uh, Catholic Answers Press, again, one more time. Uh, But that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time today. And as I said, hour number two is preempted because it's share week at the Guadalupe Radio Network. So just a reminder, support your local Catholic radio station wherever you are. That local Catholic radio station could use your help, your financial contribution to keep the doors open, the lights on, and Catholic radio waves flowing in your neck of the woods. We'll be on again in the 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Central, our Eastern hour today. So if you can, tune in. GRNOnline.com. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediating between God and man. Plus, we know that it is okay to ask others here on earth to pray and intercede for us. That's mediating between God and man. So once again, we have a situation where a passage of the Bible is being misinterpreted and misunderstood. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But as members of the body of Christ, he allows us to share in his mediation. Scripture says that we have only one foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. But Scripture says that there is more than one foundation, Ephesians 2.19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord. Lord, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5. But Scripture says there is more than one Lord, Revelations 19, 16. Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ, James 4, verse 12. But Scripture tells us there is more than one judge, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Contradictions in Scripture? No, not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation, Jesus is the only Lord, and Jesus is the only judge. But we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord, and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Testing. Yep, we're good. <laughs> it was his fault. What was his fault? How do we how do we instruct the next next guest? How do we help them? If we don't know what their fault was. His computer maybe had a mic plugged in or and that wasn't being connected.
I'm going, okay, I thought I had everything all set and ready to go, but I didn't quite. I unplugged my microphone, and Robert kindly plugged it back in for me. <laughs> kind of so, important, huh? Uh, just a little bit important. So that told me I am very discombobulated this morning. And I want to uh, also say one other thing before we really get into it, because as I mentioned before, there's so much we want to communicate with you as far as appreciation gifts and challenges. $8,700 this hour, but... It's the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross. It's also something very special. Today is... <laughs> wow, wait. Just like... <laughs> come on, Robert. Come on. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Is that Kent on the piano with one finger? <laughs> yeah, Kent, Kent brought his big uh, piano in this morning. Thank you very much, by the way. I asked uh, Cecil to arrange that. That was perfect. Uh, so happy birthday, Toya. Thank you very much. Has your life been an exaltation of the cross? Just uh, one cross after the other, but uh, you've come through it with smiles and good cheer and i think that's life for everybody <laughs> that's what everybody should celebrate today right Amen. the exaltation of the cross which i think is a beautiful day and uh yeah i think that is just life that it's the ups and downs of life you know and yeah. and no matter what it is trusting in god having a prayer life and a great relationship with him He's going to get you through it no matter what it is. Amen. So happy birthday to you. We'll be celebrating throughout the day today. But all right. So here is the, the straight skinny. Okay. The first straight skinny of the shirt on, uh, 800-476-3311. We have a matching gift hour, this first hour of the shirt on. And that means that everything that you donate is going to be matched by donors. In this case, we had a, a summer speaker series event in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, last month <clears throat> on August 5th and Father John Ricardo came in and there were some very, very generous people that gave during that event. And we told him, we said, anything that you give tonight is going to be used as a matching gift during the Sherathon. And so I know, I know a lot of those folks are listening. So call up and see if you can match the $8,700. Do your part. 800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. Matching gift hour. $8,700. First opportunity to ring the bells at the top of this next hour. And uh, we need to get the calls going, 800-476-3311. And, of course, Toya, we have all kinds of fun and uh, wonderful spiritual uh, gifts that we can give people uh, if they donate at particular levels. 1-800-476-3311, 800-476-3311. And, you know... Um, the gifts that we do come with a, a lot of prayer and a lot of thought, right? What yes. does the Lord, what does the Holy Spirit want to say to our family of listeners? I am really excited about the talk that we're giving away. And so after 20 years of seeing CD, I am trying very, very hard not to use that term because this is a downloadable gift we're going to send you tonight. You're not going to have to wait on it, wonder when you're going to get it. We're going to send it to you tonight. And send me Rodriguez, who is the business manager, he offices in Midland, Texas. He did an interview with Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy. If you're not familiar with him, get familiar with him. <laughs> he is so good. He is so solid. And we have several times giving, given away one of his talks. But um, the 
the title of this one is The Measure of Love, and it actually comes from a quote by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And uh, it's beautiful, The Measure of Love, and that's the title of this talk. And I, as I typically do, because I can't trust my memory on these things, is that I, I, I take notes as mm-hmm. I'm listening, and I just type it into my computer, and I've got two pages of notes uh, to talk about from this talk, but it really is wonderful. Sammy did a great job, and uh, one of the first things that, yeah, he quoted Archbishop Fulton Sheen uh, several times, quotes Thomas Aquinas a couple of times as well, uh, strong love makes strong actions. That's not Aquinas. That's what uh, Father Bill Casey said. If you have no zeal, you have no love, he said. Uh, so please, any donation, uh, $10 a month or more, or 120 total or more, and you'll be sent this. Okay, so please, it's called the uh, the the interview with uh, Sammy Rodriguez Jr. and Father Bill Casey. So please, please, please donate and call now. Let's start chipping away at this $8,700. And then if you can bump it up to $30 a month or or $360 one time or more, you're still going to get the interview with uh, Father Bo Casey, but you're also going to be in a drawing to win an iPad Air 10.9-inch liquid retina display, powerful A14 Bionic Fusion, uh, but worth about $600, okay? And this is in Thanksgiving to Trish Scalia of St. John the Beloved Parish in McLean, Virginia, for introducing her uh, to Guadalupe Radio Network. Okay, so this is not from Trish. This is somebody else who's donating it in yes. honor in honor of Trish Scalia. Okay, wow, that's really neat. Uh, 800-476-3311, so $30 a month or 361 time, and you get the interview, downloadable interview with Sammy and Father Bill Casey, and then also a chance to win that uh, iPad Air. And, you know, Dave, the... the gift that we're giving away for the never forget plan if people use their credit card or automatic bank draft and and uh it's they do the thirty dollars a month or more is a new artist we've never used before uh-huh. and uh uh, Cecil Anderson is the one out of the Dallas office that said, can we give away his music? And so uh, his name is Luke Spihar, and this is a compilation he put together, and he entitled it The Measure of Love, which is our theme, right? And But it's got some beautiful music on it. If you were listening, just before we went on the air, you heard Luke. And uh, so there's so many other songs on there that uh, I think you're going to really enjoy. And once again, you will have that tonight. Yeah. And that's what I love about this. It's it's new. We just started it back uh, in the spring. So uh, you're $30 a month and you put it in your credit card or automatic bank draft. We need to hear from you this morning. Now, Dave, I will I will say. That seldom is the first donor of the first hour from Alabama or Florida or West Texas. Mm-hmm, yeah. It is typically Dallas or San Antonio or Houston or D.C. Mm-hmm, yeah. But right now, there's absolutely no calls coming in. Yeah, wouldn't that and be so amazing? There's no one. If it came from, uh, you know, Morton or Clayton, New Mexico or Kansas, Tyler, as you mentioned, 
uh, one of these other smaller markets, you might think, oh, you know, there's a, it's always going to be one of the big markets. Well, that's not the case this Midland, morning. Midland, Odessa, so, San yeah. Angelo, Abilene. Yes. Uh, Alabama, Florida. It's not a small market, but we rarely hear from them as the first-time caller of a share it, it Maybe it has never happened, perhaps. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. don't really recall that it has. 800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. It's a matching gift hour starting off the fall share I love this. It's, it's good to remember. The talk is called the measure of love. The NFP gift is called the measure of love. The theme is called the measure of love. Wow. And how about if we go ahead and call the, the pilgrimage, the measure of love pilgrimage, okay? <laughs> if you if you can donate, and boy, could we use one of these right off the bat this morning, $1,500 or 125 a month, okay? You're going to have a chance to... Uh, when a, a, a relatively much smaller uh, drawing, you know, we typically say maybe 100, 120 people in this drawing. Uh, anywhere you want to go that Select International Tours goes in the next two years, uh, any Catholic pilgrimage, uh, Poland and Eastern Europe, France, Fatima, Lourdes, uh, Germany, Switzerland, Greece, Danube Riverboat Cruise, uh, Croatia, uh, you know, anywhere you want to go, you'll just see a menu and say, okay, me, uh, you and a guest will go on that. So can somebody dig deep right now and, and make a big $1,500 donation? You'll be the first person in that drawing with Select International Tours. 800-476-3311, 1-800-476-3311. And that's not even the highest level, is it, Toya? No, it is not. Um you know, but I just want to say this, Dave, about the talk that we're giving away. Okay, we have one caller on. <laughs> All right. 800-476-3311. One of my favorite things that Father says on there, because it gives me a lot of hope, right? He said, God raises up his greatest saints in times of crisis and confusion in the church. Yeah. And is that not us now? And he said, this should give us hope as we are facing exactly this today. He says, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful, which reminds me that's what St. Mother Teresa always said. Yeah. And he talked a lot about prayer and it was a real kind of gut check because um, he said that he knows people. He says, I even know priests that don't pray. Uh, I and, know. And, and he said, I, I love this so much. He said, that when it comes to, to praying, he said, don't say you have no time to pray. Rather, say you have no love. Uh, you know, yeah. So if your excuse is you have no time, he said, that's not your excuse. You have the time. He said, you, have, you don't have enough love. <coughs> and so these are just a few of the little uh, pearls of wisdom that uh, uh, Father Bill Casey uh, will impart, and as Toya said, you're going to get it tonight. Okay, it's not you know. Typically, you'd have to wait uh, maybe a couple of weeks, right, uh, for the CD to arrive in the mail. But it's a different time, a different age, and it's also more cost effective uh, to do it that way as well, and easier on you. Eight hundred four seven six three three one one. All right, uh, Dr. Ken is taking a call. Thank you very much, Dr. Ken, for being in the Houston Call Center this morning. Eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven eighty seven hundred dollars of batched money. And uh, we're down to 42 minutes. Now, it's not too uncommon uh, for us to have a little bit of a, a, a lull in the beginning because uh, it's, it's natural. People want to hear what's going on, what's the theme, what are the, what are the levels that you're suggesting. Uh, the only other level that we haven't mentioned is one of uh, Toya and my favorites, uh, for obvious reasons. <clears throat> it's a Seraphim donor at $5,000. And I always like to say this. You think, oh, who can get $5,000? You'd be surprised how many people can do that. 5000 sometimes 6000 We've had $10,000 donations. 
And so when we get into a huge bind, uh, like we might possibly get in here this hour, uh, those kind of donations come in very, very handy. So please prayerfully consider that if you have the means uh, to make that big of a donation. And if you do that, uh, you're going to go into the, the pilgrimage drawing three times. And also, if you want to, we'll come and do a live remote uh, during prime hours across the network at your business or at your house or at your church, whatever you want to arrange. It's a lot of fun. We've done that many times. 800-476-3311. 1-800-476-3311. Now you've got all the scoop, all the information about all the things that we're giving away. The only thing left to do now is call 800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. I I know it's not fall yet, but the weather is beginning to feel that way. And some people are probably if you're in West Texas where I am today, you're thinking, Toy, there's no way this is fall weather. Well, for West Texas to be in the low 90s, that's fall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, I know, I know, I, I do feel a difference, uh, yeah. both uh, in North Texas and also West Texas out here. It's, there's just a little, little bit of a chill in the air. I love it. It's yeah, a sign too. that the, the sweltering summer is coming to an end and, uh, you know, like you say, fall is on the way here. I think September 22nd is going to be the first day of fall in about a so week. Nick, about a week, yeah. 800-476-3311, 1-800-476-3311. Uh, we cannot put all the pressure on the person that Dr. Ken is talking to. Uh, I doubt it's an $8,700 call. Uh, as Toya said, we've given you all the information, all the, the, the wonderful thank you gifts that we want to give you, a chance to win that iPad Air. And the talk, uh, just $10 a month. If you can do that, or 120 one time uh, tonight, you could be sitting at your computer listening to a really, really insightful uh, and encouraging interview with Father Bill Casey. 800-476-3311. And this is where we need a flurry, Toya. This is where we just have to say, okay. All right, the first call has uh, has dropped, so to speak. And guess where it's from? Oh, my gosh. Let me answer this because mm, yes. I know this wonderful lady and her husband. In fact, I've known them, oh, my gosh, Dave, probably for since about 2004 or 2005, something like that. Um I met them when we first started working to get a radio station in uh, Marble Falls, Texas. So I want to thank Joseph and Elizabeth. Thank you so very much. They did a $306.44 donation, <laughs> which helped a whole lot in this matching gift hour. And it's our first one, and it came from a small area. It did, Just yes. like we asked. Yes, and uh, if you're wondering about that amount, uh, sometimes the folks will pay the credit card charges and so that's why it's kind of a, a you know with the, the, the 44 cents at the end so thank you very much for doing that uh, Joseph and Elizabeth Spicewood Texas from St. Paul Parish they're listening to KBMD 88.5 FM 800-476-3311 1-800-476-3311 we are now 22 minutes into the hour and uh, and uh, nobody's on the line. And Dave, we I want to mention their comments because they asked for world peace, and that's a beautiful intention. And they wish me happy birthday. All so right. thank you so much for that, Elizabeth and Joseph. I have to give you a hug Sunday when I see you. <clears throat> yes, virtual hug. In the in the meantime, eight hundred four seven six thirty three eleven. 
Uh, $8,394 to go, and I would really like to see the phone lines just light up, and uh, typically that's what happens. We get about 20 minutes into the hour on this first hour of the share Everybody's kind of settled and figured out what's going on and uh, said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and call in. So can we get five calls all at the same time? Somebody from DFW, somebody from Houston, San Antonio, all of South Texas, we want to hear from you. Uh, Tyler, uh, Alabama, Florida, Kansas, New Mexico, regardless of where you're listening, uh, West Texas, uh, Midland, Odessa, really want to hear from you. And, of course, KBMD, as we heard from the first call, 800-476-3311. Let's start chipping away. All right. Regina is taking a call, so we have one on the line. That's very encouraging. 800-476-3311. Let's get up to five, Dave. Let's, cause we gotta start chipping away at this. Uh, unfortunately, time keeps chipping away, right? <laughs> right. But we need to chip away at this amount of money. $8,700 in matching gift money. Thanks to Joseph and Elizabeth from, uh, Spicewood, Texas in the Marble Falls area. Very pretty area of Texas for their donation. And that put us at $8,394, Please call, make a pledge of support to keep your radio station on the air at 800-476-3311. Or you can go online at grnonline.com. And that is the uh, number, that's the email and what am I saying? I can't even talk this morning. That's the internet. That's our website. Oh, I'm going to call it everything, Dave. I think, Dave, I'm a little unnerved. And mm-hmm. do you want to know why? Do you, you know why? Well, because of the, uh, the not getting many calls? Is that we only the, have one call. Yeah, yeah. And we're almost halfway into this hour. Right. And we are about to take a break. And we were a long way off. So now we're up to two. So let's get three more people joining 800 470 Seven six thirty three eleven, eight hundred four seven six three three one one. All right, this is the Fall Shareathon twenty twenty one, the measure of love. Thank you so much, and we will be back right after this. We'll be back with more of the 2021 The Measure of Love Fall Sherathon on the Guadalupe Radio Network right after this. singing. 
Welcome back to the 2021 Guadalupe Radio Network, The Measure of Love Fall Sherathon. Please call 1-800-476-3311 to make a pledge of support to help keep your Catholic radio station on the air. That's 1-800-476-3311. And welcome back. Hour one, day one of the Fall Sherathon in 2021 uh, here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Dave Palmer, Toya Hall, and Toya, it is starting to pick up, and this is exciting. People are responding. Four people on the line, 800-476-3311. Maybe everybody else had a little discombobulation <laughs> like you and I did this morning. Rough first half hour. Yeah, yeah. E- even while we were off the air, I kept hearing Stan trying to come on, you know, with announcements. <laughs> so we, we will get our act together, right? Yeah, everybody can relate. You know, when you first start off, it's a little rocky, but I think we got ourselves all put together now. $8,394 to go. 30 minutes is all we have. And uh, Alan and Bernie and Joseph and Regina are all taking calls right now. We have room for more. So please don't be uh, bashful. If you uh, want to be part of this first hour, help us with this matching gift. $8,700 is all going to be matched uh, dollar for dollar thanks to the generosity of the folks who attended the Summer Speaker Series event back on August 5th. Uh, so please uh, consider a, a big donation. Maybe there is a Seraphim donor out there this morning that wants to dig deep. We often get them early on in the in the Sherathon. Somebody's like, I'm just going to do it because I know the rest of the, the week may get very busy on me. 800-476-3311. 1-800-476-3311. I'm encouraged. It's good to see uh, everybody's uh, getting up early with us and uh, supporting the network. 1-800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. So, Dave, we are past the halfway mark of the hour, and um, we still need to raise $8,394. So I don't think four people are going to do it. You know, we got behind in the hour, so Dave, we may need a Seraphim donor this hour to meet this match and gift money. 800-476-3311. 800-476-3311. And if you were enjoying that music during the break, that is uh, uh, a new artist that we've never featured before. His name is Luke Spihar. And I think he's from Dallas, or that Dallas mm-hmm. area, yeah. isn't he, Dave? I, I think so. Yeah, and it's yeah. so nice that uh, he... Come, he put this compilation together uh, basically for the Fall Sherathon. This right. is not something that you can get otherwise. I don't think he's marketing it any, any, any other way. Typically, in the past, we've used CDs that already exist, and they're already out there for you. But this is something that is exclusive to this Sherathon. Well, well, Dave, so much for what you and I know. Cecil, thank you very much for letting us know. He's from Minnesota. Isn't that a northern suburb of Texas? Uh, uh, North Texas, 800-476-331. Yeah, I thought he was a local guy from Texas, but that's okay. We still like him. I don't know where I got that, but I did. All right. uh, Faye in Durwood, Maryland has called in $50 one time plus the the credit card charges. Faye, thank you very much. Uh, The salvation, conversion, and sanctification in our families. This is what uh, Faye is praying for. Uh, healing uh, for her husband, Willie, and more healing in our family and the blessing of my son Paul's job and business. And also bless his family's plan of buying his house and uh, help us to be good Christians. All right, Faye. Well, thank you for all those prayer requests and comments and uh, information about your family. We'll certainly keep everybody in prayer. Uh, thank you for that donation. 358 has been raised, 8342. And Toya, you're so right. We need... In addition to 
you know, small and medium-sized donations. We need something really big now to, to get this in range of hitting the goal. First hour, you know, we often say first hour sets the tone of the Sherathon, and so are we going to have a strong finish and a lot of listeners coming to our rescue right now, 800-476-3311. We've got to see more people jump on the line. $1,500. Maybe maybe you can't do a Seraphim. Maybe 5000 is too much, but can you do $125 a month to help keep Catholic Radio on the air across the entire Guadalupe Radio Network? 800-476-3311. And also, uh, get a chance to win... A uh, a pilgrimage of choice with Select International Tours. I was just going to mention that, Dave. You read my mind. (laughs) That is not easy to do. (laughs) 800-476-3311. So what Dave and I are talking about is... For $125 a month or $1,500 one time, your name goes in a drawing for a pilgrimage for two people, and it is valued around eleven dollars and $12,000, depending on which pilgrimage you choose. And you have any time next year or the year after, two years, to choose when you want to go. Uh, there's really not enough time this year to get on one, but mm-hmm. 22 Man, you are good to go. And there are like 16 or 17 Catholic pilgrimages that you can choose from. And the other morning, Dave, I guess because it's getting close to fall, you and I both did the Danube River Cruise. Yes. I was 2019. and I was fall of 2019. Also. And I was... Experience. Uh, I promise you, it is life-changing. And uh, uh, going down the Danube River in one of those river boats, wasn't that wonderful? <clears throat> yeah, and, and I have only been on two pilgrimages in my life. One was with Father Paco to the Holy Land, and then this one with Father Leo on the Danube. And it it was just uh, amazing. And, of course, th- this was right before, you know, things got crazy with uh, COVID the next year when I went. And uh-huh. so it was the, the timing was really good. But things are opening up now. And I hear, you know, different people, pilgrimage leaders saying that it, it's starting to open up slowly. And Some so this, this is a good booked. time. And, uh, yeah, a year from now, things may be wide open. You just don't know. Um, look at this, a $1,000 donation from Hobson, Texas, Immaculate Conception Parish, $1,000. Look oh, at that, wow. thank you, that helped. We needed that. Also anonymous in San Antonio, uh, for peace in the midst of the turmoil, has donated, I'm not sure how much. Amen. Uh, two people on the line now, 73.17 to go, 24 minutes is all we have, so please, everybody, if you're listening now, this is your moment. Uh, the, you, you, you can't let the first hour of a share not be successful, so we we really need some help here. Uh, somebody doing something big. I have more cowbell. That, that, it doesn't work for me. I gotta have more cowbell. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell.
Daniel has a new toy.
Good luck with the future in-laws tonight. Don't overthink it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, boy.
Are you using Liberty Mutual's coverage customizer tool? So you only pay for what you need. Sorry? 